It is so wonderful to be with you today. We are uh, wrapping up our series, but before we we start into that, I just want to say a a couple of things. Uh, The first thing that I want to say is that uh, I am so proud of our church family. And um, we, uh, on Thursday, we had the opportunity to um, to serve people in our community. And everybody knows that um, serving under ideal conditions is it's challenging. But when you serve in difficult conditions, it really makes it a lot more challenging. And it rained the entire time. And, um, and people knew it. I mean, people... people responded to us, you know, in, in their just saying thank you, but recognizing that the conditions were miserable. And we had the opportunity to uh, be able to give food to 353 families. And, and it was a box of food that was heavy enough that it was actually hard to get it in their vehicle. Um, one of the items was a 10-pound a bag of frozen chicken breasts. That's a substantial single item. There were potatoes, there were pears, there were apples. There was a lifetime supply of Pop-Tarts. Um, Kendall, Kendall was packing um, cakes that were so big, we didn't know how to pack them, okay? Literally, I mean, she was running out and giving some large cakes to people just because she couldn't pack them, you know, and people were honking at her. It was, it was amazing. Um, and, and it was, it was um, something that this was the first time that we had a, a business in Marquette partner with us. Um, downtown Eye Care, when we called to set up the... the, the uh, Mobile Food Pantry with Feeding America. They said, "Hey, there's a there's an organization in your community that wants to sponsor a uh, you know an event. Are you, do you want to partner with them?" And so I said, "You know, my answer was, of course. You know, we want to do that." And so um, interestingly, um, uh, uh, one of their employees, Tabitha, came and and worked with us. Well, I found out later, Tabitha is actually one of their eye doctors. And so Dr. Tabitha worked alongside of us all day. And, and she said, boy, you know, we didn't see much advertising. We were a little worried. And, and I, I'll tell you, we, we, never, we never emptied the parking lot until right at the end. I mean, it was unbelievable, um, the, just the amount of people. And it really took me by surprise because I didn't know you know, are people still feeling like they're in need? And obviously people are really feeling like they're in need after a day like Thursday. So um, just really, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of Silver Creek Church. I'm proud to be, I'm proud to be a believer, you know, a follower of Christ who can stand in the rain, you know, for a couple of hours and to say in the name of Jesus, be warm, be filled. And um, that, that was a real joy. So thank you to everyone who's a part of that. And um, we'll do lots more things like that in Jesus' name, right? Okay, good stuff. 
Well, we're going to continue this series called Better, uh, our message is Better Understanding. We've been talking about the value of community. And, and community is valuable. I, I'm just going to say that. I, you know, we, we, this is the last Sunday of the series. If you haven't got that, I think that community is valuable. You've missed something in this series. But, but uh, you know, and, and, and the, the church, and I've said this before, the church um, should be able to say, like no one else in the community, that, that we, nobody can out-community the church. You know, the, the Pizza Hut commercial, nobody can out-pizza the hut. Nobody should be able to say they can out-community the church. But it's, it's challenging. Um, and it's, it's challenging now more than ever because uh, of, of COVID. Uh, you know, everything about what, I, what I'm looking out and seeing, it's, it, it, you know, it looks more like a Batman movie you know, than it does church. Do you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it just, it, and I can only imagine how intimidating it is when, when anyone, um, whether they're a guest or whether they're a regular attender, comes to a church and, and people have masks on um, as they, they speak to each other. It is, it's just a different environment. But the, the church is, is really working to try to figure that community out. We, we do, um, uh, we do, they're, we call them connect groups. They're small groups. <clears throat> and, and they're all virtual right now. And so my connect group meets on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock on Zoom. <clears throat> and this Wednesday night, our connect group was out of, this past week, was out of this world. Vince, I, it, was, it was, I'm telling, Vince is part of my group. And, and I claim Vince, okay? You can't claim him. He's in my group. And it was, it was spectacular. I mean, it was it was powerful. People <clears throat> began to share um, not just the surface things, but we're starting to get underneath. You know, we're starting to, you know, and we're sharing prayer requests with one another and tears are being shed. And it, it was, it was amazing. I just, I, I, it was really something. And, um, and so I believe in the value of community uh, within the body of Christ, and and that's what we're we've been talking about today. We're going to talk about uh, better understanding as the body of Christ. How can we, by being part of this body, how can we we gain access to just better understanding and and understanding? I'm going to use that um, that word um, interchangeably with the word wisdom. As well, so I want to start by reading from Proverbs chapter three, and I want to read verses thirteen to fifteen. It says, "Blessed are those who find wisdom." Um, I always read that like it's the King James. I can just say "blessed." You know, the King James we were taught to say "blessed," but it's just "blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding." Now look at this, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. So wisdom or understanding is extremely important. It's extremely valuable in our lives. And today I want to just <clears throat> cover three things that I think that we uh, can and need to do 
in order to gain access to better understanding, to better wisdom. And the first one is this, we need to discover the source. That's the first thing that we've got to do. We've got to make sure that we are looking in the right place and that we are, are, are pursuing the right thing. But before we can gain that wisdom, we've got to discover the source. Where does it come from? The Bible talks about two different kinds of wisdom. And it's important to differentiate the two of these. And sometimes <clears throat> we can become confused, but, uh, and, and, and there might be some things that um, we, can, we can maybe confusingly think they're one or the other. Um, and, and there's just general accepted wisdom as well. Uh, but the two different kinds that we're talking about today is worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. And uh, the Bible talks about both of those. I want to read uh, what the Apostle Paul says <clears throat> in uh, 1 Corinthians 3.19 where he says, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. So the wisdom that the world offers, it's simply foolish in comparison to the greatness of God's wisdom. If we look at it on the other side, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.25 that the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. So if it were possible, and I do not know that it's possible for God to be foolish, I do not think that God can separate himself from his understanding. But if he could, his foolishness would be wiser than the wisdom of the world, than human wisdom. And that, that worldly wisdom is a wisdom that emanates from the heart and the mind and the will and even the desires of man. It was Aristotle in the fourth century, the Greek philosopher, that said this, the knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. I want you to just think about that. That knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Proverbs chapter 9 in verse 10, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So those things are really diametrically opposed. Wisdom starting by knowing yourself, or wisdom beginning by ultimately knowing the Lord. Proverbs 8, 22 and 23 speaks from the perspective of wisdom, and it says, now this is wisdom speaking, the Lord brought me forth as the first of his works, before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. What the author of Proverbs is saying is that God established wisdom. God established it. And, and I'm not, when I say that, don't think of it in terms of that he created it. But the word there, Bible scholars um, would say that God initiated it, he appointed it, he anointed it, he set it up, he inaugurated it, he constituted it. So uh, when we, uh, you know, we're, we're you know, obviously um, we're in a very contentious presidential election season, and... Um, the president, you know, the person who's going to be the president already exists. We elect them, and then what do we do? We inaugurate, inaugurate them. 
So God inaugurated wisdom. God declared something that already existed is wisdom. Okay? Does that, does that make sense? Are you following what I'm saying? He established it. He inaugurated it. He instituted it. He anointed it the way you would anoint a king as the leader over a country. So it wasn't that he created it, it already existed. It, it already existed. He appointed it. I, I like what Gill's exposition <clears throat> commentary uh, talks says about these verses in Proverbs. I want to read it for you. He said, um, talking about the idea of being appointed from eternity, uh, this is I, a person, and not a quality. When we think of wisdom or understanding, we think of a quality. We think of a characteristic. But it's, it's a person and not a quality, a person and not a nature, the person of Christ as the Son of God and not the human nature of Christ, which did not exist at that point. This phrase designs the ordination and constitution of Christ in his office as mediator. So when we talk about the fact that God has established wisdom, it is God setting up his son Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Now, this is not something that, um, you know, that 10 years before Jesus was born that God did. This is, this is something that God determined literally um, before he ever created the earth. And John 1 confirms this. When, when John says in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. We know that that's referring to Jesus. The Word is logos, L-O-G-O-S. The, the living version of the spoken Word of God. Um, he was, verse 2, he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Revelation says it this way in Revelation chapter 11, or excuse me, 13, verse 8. The Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation or the creation of the world. So God's plan, God's plan of, of Jesus as the mediator between God and man was not something that happened 2,000 years ago. It happened before the creation of the world ever took place. And so God proclaimed his son Jesus to be the very embodiment of wisdom. And so in order for us to discover godly wisdom, we need to seek out the one who has been appointed to that position. And that is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Proverbs chapter 8, again, verse 17 says, he who seeks me finds me. I want you to know that God is not trying to hide his wisdom from you and from me. But he actually desires us to find it. Proverbs 8 says that wisdom calls out. And she raises her voice from the highest point, the busiest intersection, from, from the place near the city gate where the most people would come in and out. You know, intersections or corners are very important, okay? 
right here at, at US 41 and Silver Creek is an intersection that 19,000 cars a day drive through that intersection. And that intersection is the place where the first church that was ever built in Harvey, the first building built to be a church was built. I believe that that corner is really important in the kingdom. I believe it's a spiritually important corner. Wisdom stands by that an intersection, the busiest intersection that she can find, and she declares, she, she calls out to people. Okay, the, the, the writer of Proverbs uses the word she there. That's, I'm, just, I'm just using that as the writer of Proverbs does. But she calls out to people. And God desires us ultimately to find that. Paul taught, had mentions three different times the mystery of the revelation in Romans. He talks about this mystery that has been long, for ages past, that has been kept hidden, but through Jesus Christ has been revealed to the word, to the world. The Apostle Paul, he didn't, he didn't sit under Jesus' preaching that we know of. The first time we hear of him is, is already post-crucifixion and resurrection, we don't know that, that Jesus or that Paul spent any time with the apostles. How did, how did Paul come to know Jesus? Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus and, and he said he revealed it through a revelation. And so God desires to, for us to have this, this revelation of his wisdom, this revelation ultimately of who Jesus is. What does Jesus say in Revelation? He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice, I will come in and I'll have fellowship with him and he with me. So literally, Jesus, the wisdom of God, the Messiah of the world, is calling out to you and I so that we might be able to have and to possess the wisdom of God that has been a mystery for ages past. God wants us to find that wisdom. Number two, the second thing that we need to do is we need to connect to the source. Now that we've discovered, okay, what is the source? The source ultimately is Jesus. How do we connect with that source? James chapter 1, verse 5. And we're going to read a bunch of verses here in, the, in James, so, so please uh, be patient with me. But he gives us a specific way to connect with that wisdom. He said, if any one of you lacks wisdom, he should ask. Ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given you. So you're telling me that all I have to do when I am looking for God's wisdom is to ask for it. Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Asking pleases God. Did you know that? Have you, is that something that you've thought about before? Ecclesiastes 2.26, it says, to the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom. It pleases God when we ask. In the Gospels, on several occasions, Jesus, it's recorded, says, ask and it will be given to you. Why is that? Because it pleases God. And it says that everyone who asks 
receives. When we recognize that we lack wisdom, our response should be that we ask God for his wisdom. And I'm so glad that he gives generously to all without finding fault. When I was a freshman um, at North Central University approximately 2,000 years ago, don't, don't, don't you laugh at that because you're older than I am. <clears throat> I, I learned a lot of things in, in college, but not all of them, uh, AJ, were in a lecture, okay? Not all. Some of them were in the dorm, and that was a very valuable time in my life. And um, my first roommate um, was actually <laughs> a senior. My, my parents were petrified when they dropped me off. Um, and and we, we, I knocked on the door of, the, of my dorm room, and, and you know somebody mumbled, come on in. There was a guy sleeping in the bed. who was, It was not his room. Um, and he's like getting his stuff. Oh, I'm so sorry. It is literally the typical college thing that you think that you would find. The guy crashed there you know, that night because he was working, painting, getting ready. He was part of the maintenance crew. And um, my mom said she literally did not want to let me stay there at the dorm. And, and that, first, that first semester, that first year was really interesting. And, and um, uh, a guy from down the hall comes into our room on one particular occasion. And we always knew that this guy was coming because you could smell his cologne before he ever got there. He was, you know, it was, it was just you could tell he was coming. And, and so he comes in our room and he sees an apple somewhere in the room. I don't even remember where it was. And, and my roommates, neither one of them were very well kept, okay? I, they were, the, the one especially was a pig, but I, ta- I tried to teach him and he, he eventually did get married. I, I take his marriage as a personal victory that I helped him achieve. And she was a lovely, lovely girl. And, uh, but this guy sees an apple and, and he wants this apple. And so he looks at my roommate and he says, do you mind? And, you know, my roommate didn't have a lot of patience for freshmen sometimes, and, and he knew what the guy was asking. We all knew what the guy wanted. He wanted the apple. But my roommate felt it was necessary for him to actually verbalize the words, may I have the apple, please? And my roommate answered him, and he said, do I mind what? And the guys, you know, everything but grabbing the apple saying, do you mind? And, and they, there, there was this real awkward moment. And, and literally the guy left the room without an apple because he would not ask for it. How many times are we looking for wisdom, but we fail to ask for it? God says, if you, if you lack wisdom, ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. We need to remember that God alone has established it, that he's anointed and appointed Jesus as wisdom. So why would God hide his Messiah? He's not hiding him. 
Indeed, it was something, a mystery that, 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 that was hidden for ages past. But when Jesus came, the word is out that Jesus is the Messiah. He is God's wisdom and that he is there available for us to ask. When someone is, is, is curious about the gospel, what do we say to them? Just ask Jesus to be your savior, right? It's just ask. The same is true of wisdom when we lack it. Just simply ask Look at, again, James chapter 1, verse 6. He said, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. It's impossible for us to believe and to doubt simultaneously. So when we come to God and we say, God, I, I need your wisdom, I need your understanding, we need to ask and we need to believe. Not believe in us, not, not believe in our ability to get it right, but to believe that God has established wisdom in the person of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world and he provides that wisdom for us. I'm so glad that he does. The Bible, uh, in, in Proverbs, it's, it's written by Solomon. Um, Solomon was the richest king that ever lived, the most powerful king um, in his time on the face of the earth. And, and when Solomon was put into his position, God met with him and, and, and through a dream, he, he says to him, Solomon, Ask, ask me whatever you will. Could you imagine God coming to you and asking you, that, telling you that you could ask him for anything? What would you ask God for? Depending on our age, I think we would ask for some stupid stuff. I, you know, I, I think if I was 16, I would probably say, God, I want a new car, or so, you know, something like that. But here is Solomon already um, you know, already a king, already has everything that, that you could ever imagine in his world. And God says, I'll give you whatever you want. Now, what would a king want? More wealth? How about long life to enjoy this position that he had or, or the, the defeat and the death of all of his enemies? But Solomon did not ask for any of those things. But instead, Solomon said, God, what I want is I want a discerning heart to know right from wrong. God, what I, what I need is wisdom to do this job. That's what he asked for. And the scripture says that Solomon was the wisest of all kings. Literally, that, that his wisdom exceeded all of those. First Kings chapter 4 and verse 30, it says, Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. God desires to answer our request for wisdom. He's waiting for us to ask. When we lack wisdom, God says, just ask and believe, and you're going to receive. You know, sometimes people come to me and they, 
they will say, hey, I, you know, I've got uh, some questions. I want to talk to you about something. Um, it might be about um, family. It might be about marriage. It could be about their business. Um, it might be about a friend. Um, there's so many different things that it could be about. But generally, what we will do is we will talk about, because I haven't experienced everything that they've experienced. So I, 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 don't, I don't give them the, the answer, but we talk about what does, what does the scripture say? You know, what does God say about that situation? And, and sometimes they, they, will, they will do that, and sometimes they will decide, you know what, that's not really what I'm looking for. They're, they might be looking for someone to confirm what they, they want to do and what they intend to do, but they're a little hesitant. But ultimately, you know, what, what I'm going to share with them is, is you know, what, what do we really know from God's word that, that gives us some sort of direction and something to do in, in this search of wisdom? They, they, they ultimately may or may not actually do that. Why? Because they may not be looking for, for God's wisdom. They may be looking for some other kind of wisdom. Now, number three, what we need to do is after we discover the source and uh, then after we do that, we connect to the source. Now we need to evaluate the results because anyone can claim to have wisdom that is from God or wisdom that is, is uh, you know, ultimately godly wisdom. But we need to be able to confirm that it's from God. We need to be able to evaluate it, uh, to step back and really analyze it. Um, you know, we know that, that wisdom is established and appointed and inaugurated by God. And if that's the case, and if there's two types of wisdom, then how do we know what's godly wisdom and what is not godly wisdom? Because that makes the difference. And, and just because somebody says it's godly wisdom, does that make it godly wisdom? It has, to, it has to be based in something. It has to be founded in something. Even if we say it came from God, it's got to be, it's got to, it's got to look like something. Proverbs says that, that uh, the opposite of wisdom is folly. And that folly is, is uh, it, just, it just calls out. It, folly is, a, is something that, that Proverbs describes as an adulteress or a mocker or a sluggard. Literally like a prostitute who sits in her window and calls out to uh, the desires of those that would walk by her window. That she is, is just appealing, she's propositioning those that are coming or, or, or going by her. James chapter 1 and verse 14 says that each of us when we're that is we're tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed wisdom and folly are both out there calling to those who are listening calling to those who are in in search of answers that just as God wants his wisdom to be found, the wisdom of this world, which in God's eyes is folly, both of them are calling out to those ultimately who would be listening, and they are appealing to those. James chapter 3, 
Beginning at verse 13, James says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. So while God's wisdom is humble, he says that worldly wisdom is, consists of bitterness, it consists of envy and selfish ambition. Now, when we pray for wisdom, okay, and, and, and I've prayed for wisdom for, for years, mainly because, I, 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 I'm going to joke, but yet there's some truth to sometimes when we joke, because I'm stupid, okay? I pray for wisdom because I don't, I don't possess the ability to make the right decision or to, to know what it is, you know, that I need to do. So I ask God for wisdom. And so, you know, believing that God is going to speak the truth to me, you know, you, you wait for that wisdom to come. And, and I've prayed that for years. And, and like many of you, the book of James, you know, read it many times. It's not a very big book. It's easy to read. And it's great. It offers a lot of practical advice for us in our lives. <clears throat> and then one, one time, this is several years ago, I'm reading through the book of James and I get to chapter 3 and verse 17 just jumps out at me. Here I've been praying for God's wisdom, but I had not connected the two together because James 1 says if anyone lacks wisdom, and James 3.17 says the wisdom that comes down from heaven, and then he goes into a list. And I want to read that list for you. And I realize that the two are connected. He says, but the wisdom that comes down from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Man, it was like, it was like a revelation. I realized that, that when I pray for wisdom, God has given me characteristics that it will look like so that I know it's actually God's wisdom. So that I, and it's, and it's funny because you can take Jesus and line it up against 317 and, and there's nothing that's conflicting, pure, peace loving. Look at that list, impartial, sincere, um, full of mercy and good fruit. Those things are Jesus. Jesus has been declared by God as the, as the wisdom of, of salvation to the world. And so as we, as we look at that, we realize, okay, I'm asking God for wisdom, and here's what I think God is telling me to do, telling me in this decision what I need to know, and I look at James 3.17, and I can ask myself, is it pure? Is it peace-loving? Is it, is it sincere? Is it full of mercy and good fruit? Is it impartial? You know, those eight characteristics that James mentions, if, if I cannot see the wisdom that I feel that I'm getting from God, if I can't see it in that list, then I can really understand that it's actually not from God. There are two sources. Both sources are calling out to us. Both sources want us to respond. They are appealing to us. 
And God has given us characteristics so that we will know and understand what wisdom really is. So as we live in connection with the body of Christ, as we live out this, this, uh, this idea of community as part of the body of Christ, we have available to us. We have understanding and wisdom that is available to us as the body of Christ. That literally, God says, just ask. Just ask. We have other believers that, that, we, that are a part of our lives, that are a part of our spiritual community where we can say to them, hey, can we talk? Can we talk? Because I'm facing a decision and I need, I need the wisdom of God in my life. And I want to make sure that I hear that right wisdom. And so can we, can we talk together? Can we see if where God is leading me, is it a place of purity? Is it a place of peace? Is it a place of submission? Is it a, is it a place of, of good fruit? Is it going to produce good fruit in my life? And we have that, and it's accessible to us through the body of Christ. Remember that Jesus said, I will build my church. And Proverbs says, by wisdom, a house is built. Those, those verses connect together for me. I will build my church, and I'm going to build it through wisdom. And who is wisdom but Jesus Christ, the mediator between God and man. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, he said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. God has better understanding available for us. He has wisdom available for us. And when we approach him, don't, don't, we don't have to say, God, do you mind? <laughs> Let's just say, God, I, I need your wisdom. I need your understanding. I need Jesus to help me through this one. And I want it to look like you say it should look. As we close today, I just want to pray for you. And you may have an area in your life that you are seeking the wisdom of God in. And, and I just want to pray that God will, will really open up uh, your heart to receive that wisdom today. Would you bow your heads with me? For those of you that are, you just got an area where you know you need God's wisdom, I, I just, I'm going to invite you to just slip your hand up just as a, a symbol of that, that asking. You're asking right now. Just feel free, slip it up. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see these hands that are raised. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, I pray that, that right now, through the word of God, through Jesus, that you will begin to speak into these hearts, into these lives that are asking for your wisdom today. And your word says that if we ask, 
that you give generously to all without finding fault, without condemnation, without, with, without finding fault, without blame, that you give us that wisdom and we, we receive it in the embodiment of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you today because the wisdom that has been literally kept hidden for ages is revealed to us through the person of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for each of us that need that wisdom today. I pray that you will speak it out into our hearts, into our lives, as we connect with you as the source of that wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it has been great to be with you today, and uh, I am so glad that we've had an opportunity to, to be together. And uh, I pray that your day will be wonderful. And uh, we're going to start this new series called Thanks Living next week. And remember that you're going to be able to find online some materials that are going to go along with that series called Thanks Living. And you're going to be able to take a little bit of time every day and to be thankful for a specific thing. And I'm really excited about that. So I look forward to seeing you soon. God bless you. Have a great day.